and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? Um, powering through. We're, this is our second episode tonight. Um, oh, I, oh, I was going to create the illusion. No, we said last All episode right. that we were doing two tonight. All right. Um, but I'm a bit, here's why I'm a bit miffed. Okay. People are giving my first name a bad name. Dave oh, okay. Mustaine is not the only uh, David making waves this week. Mm-hmm. He's certainly making the, he certainly said the worst thing. But even David Cronenberg, a David mm-hmm. I like, yeah. is saying things that are, that are pissing me off. Um, basically, uh, I'll, I'll real quick, I'll just read the quotes. Um, he was asked if he would consider helming a superhero movie. He said no, and here's a couple of quotes. Uh, he says, I don't think they are making them an elevated art form. I think it's still Batman running around in his stupid cape. I just don't think it's elevated. Christopher Nolan's best movie is Memento, and that is an interesting movie. I don't think his Batman movies are half as interesting, though they're 20 million times the expense. What he is, do- what he is doing is some very interesting technical stuff, which, you know, he's shooting IMAX and in 3D. That's really tri- tricky and difficult to do. The movies, to me, they're mostly boring. Then he went on to say, but a superhero movie, by, defi- by definition, you know, it's comic book. It's for kids. It's adolescent in its core. That has always been its appeal, and I think people who are saying, you know, Dark Knight Rises is, you know, supreme cinema art, I don't think they know what the fuck they're talking about. Okay. Now, this... I love David Cronenberg. I do, too. Um, now, I haven't seen Cosmopolis. You have. Yep. Um, but I'm, you know, a, a little bit put off by some of the reviews, but I'm still interested in seeing it. But uh, I liked it more than most people, but it's not wonderful. But, you know, we um, you were talking just last week, or last episode, it hasn't even been a week, about Tom Waits and mm-hmm. about being able to like his music without, you know, holding him up as some sort of, like... Uh, deity or whatever and so I'm comfortable doing the same thing with David Cronenberg I like his films but uh, this was just a uh, prickish and not very well thought out thing to say I don't think this must have been something that he hadn't considered before I think the question was sprung on him because this this sounds like an off the top of your head answer that he shouldn't that he can't stand by yeah if you take the time to think about it and that's the thing if he doesn't like Nolan's films that's that's fine if yeah, he finds them boring that's, that's fine. fine but then he starts yeah, to that, speak that, that first in- part that I read I'm okay with that's defensible sure I also think Memento is well like I said it's tied Memento and Dark Knight are, mm-hmm. are tied but I can see someone saying Memento is his best movie and the Batman movies aren't as interesting that's that's fine that's all defensible it's the second part when it gets to the it's comic book it's for kids it's inherently adolescent or whatever and you've you and i have talked about this on the phone i used to work with somebody who adolescent uh, in its core is what he said i used to work with somebody who talked about um what was it i think at the time i think it was wally and just said like so like you know it's for kids you know Uh it's for children And, and and he talked about animation in general being for children and it's just well that's yeah it's like, well, that's certainly not true. But, like, it's... Well, yeah, it's I mean, so the, the, the first statement is, um, uh, I guess, wrong-headed, mm-hmm. whereas the second statement is just ignorant. Yeah. To like, say that it's, it's, all animation is for children, yeah, that's just yeah. ignorant. And, like, it seems strange to me that people that are artistically inclined as this person that I worked with before, but then also someone as brilliant as a David Cronenberg could be so... <coughs> could be so narrow and just say like there is nothing for adults within this within this entire medium of comic books like that you say narrow i think he's being obtuse 
here, um, which I guess is kind of the opposite of of narrow, right? An obtuse uh, angle is a wide open angle. Is that right? I well, can't I just I got like a, a C minus in geometry. Okay, fairly fair fast enough. geometry. Yeah. See, I don't uh, I don't use the word so uh, because I don't totally know what it means. Okay. Um. I think my understanding, and maybe we'll get an email, or maybe I could just look it up. My understanding of the word obtuse is it's like, um, uh, I'm saying something that most people disagree with, but I am completely unaware that anyone would disagree with it. And I think mostly, often the connotation is someone is being like willfully obtuse, like rhetorically obtuse, like pretending like, you know, when someone's when someone like tries to be cool by saying like, uh, "Oh, I didn't even know who Justin Bieber was," you know. I, okay, I, like, so okay, that, that to me is uh, obtuse because. So when I on okay, I go to Starbucks maybe twice a year. Uh huh. Not enough that I I I just say I want a regular coffee like that's yeah. And when I say regular, I mean like the size. Yeah. Now much has been made about like well, there's venti and grande. It's like I don't know which is which. Yeah. So just just regular and and people don't give me crap about it. But like when I say that, it's just like I don't want to give the impression that I'm being that I think I'm better than Starbucks. I just don't come here very much, and I don't yeah. know what the equivalent of regular is. But and, I actually and so, don't, and I drink. Uh, um, I don't go to Starbucks either, mostly because I live closer to a coffee bean, and I work closer to another not chain. Uh, I'm not going to say because I don't want people to know where, yeah. where I work. I I seldom uh, get coffee to go anyway, so it's usually I'm at uh, like a Denny's or something. So. Ah. But All um, right. um, uh, but I, anyway, th- there's not much to say about this other than that it's obtuse. Um, well, and what's he, but but look at the okay. films that he's he has made. Um, uh, Shivers is a gory movie about a parasite that turns people into sex maniacs. Like yeah. that's pretty adolescent. Yeah, uh, and I'm not saying that Shivers is not high art. Uh, right. I don't know. It's probably not high art, but it is elevated. Yeah. Art. He is elevating it to art, uh, and the he th- and then the biggest one to me is existence. Oh, absolutely. Because existence is though it's not based on an existing video game. It's a video game movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and does so does he think video games are inherently more mature than comic yeah. books? It makes you wonder. And also, and superhero comics, I guess. But Watchmen is a superhero comic. Right. You know, and how about this? Any con- like not a great movie though. Watch. Not a great movie, but but, a great but that comic. comic book is high art yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Like and just and works within the medium to come in on the medium and make larger points as well. But also like I'm not a, I'm not a comic book person by by any stretch, certainly not now. But when I when I hear about like the 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 civil war that happened in the Marvel universe and it was all about the government saying, if you're a, a superhero, you need to register with the government. Mm-hmm. And the idea that that splits the heroes with Captain America on one side being opposed to the government right, yeah. and Iron Man on the other side and that these and that it puts it pits friends against each other about like how involved the government should be in their lives. Like that's that is elevating it. And yeah. frankly, if and this goes back to the, the first half of, of his statement, like. If Christopher Nolan is not elevating the superhero movie, I don't know what is. I don't know how you can. 
Yeah. And and when I say, and by the way, when I say elevating, I, I don't mean to say that the superhero movie is by its very nature crap and that he's elevating it to something I can actually watch. I don't mean to say it like that, but he's elevating he's using the medium to ask questions that maybe the medium doesn't often ask. Uh, 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 subgenre, sorry. Um, and, and so like it, it, I, I don't agree with anything in his statement. I agree with I'm fine with him making it and it doesn't make him a, le- a lesser filmmaker, but yeah. like but if uh, if Batman wearing a cape is stupid, then the like uh, goofy sci-fi half organic guns from Existence yeah. are stupid. Yeah, absolutely. Because it, it requires you to stretch your imagination a little. And I, it's it's these statements are so weird to be coming from David Cronenberg. It's so not. I mean, he's older. Maybe it's, maybe it's that he's getting older. Yeah. Or maybe it's just okay. What I I'll say this: my 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 thought first went to one thing, and I dismissed it. Which is maybe that's a sour grapes kind of thing that he has never been approached to make a a superhero movie, and he's ta- and he's trying to take down uh, much more successful filmmakers. Uh, I my my mind went to that first, mm-hmm. and it's like, and then I thought like that's that's probably not. It's probably that he that he is older. That he is. It's not unusual for like really intelligent, insightful filmmakers, film critics to completely dismiss certain types of, of films. And uh, I think it's just that. I think it's just he... I don't understand this is how my, he arrived at any of those conclusions, but whatever. This is why one of my, my greatest personal fears is becoming out of touch as I get older. That's and why It's, it's going to happen, though. That's, that's why I like to read Entertainment Weekly. I like knowing who Justin Bieber is because it makes me feel like I'm not getting old. But that, and that's the thing. No, no, like, I'm okay with getting old, not getting out of touch. I'm okay with being out of touch to a certain extent because I was never in touch. Yeah, like, that's the thing. Like the popular bands, like when when we were in high school. Yeah, like really the one like the, when we were in high school. I have no idea. Dave You're asking Matthews the wrong person. Dave, okay, sure. Three Eleven. Okay, I've heard of them. <laughs> I don't know. Like the, really, the one intersection was that high school. That might have been college. I. I didn't even know who Train was until you complained about them on the Paul Goebel show once. Because <laughs> that awful. Because you hate that oh, song. That is the worst song. That's the Hey Soul Sister song. Ugh. But yeah. No, I mean, like, I remember, like, really the one intersection between what I liked and, like, what people our age liked was probably right around, uh, probably mid-90s, like, with, like, Offspring. Okay. Like, I, I remember liking Offspring. Yeah, I liked um, Offspring, too. But then I went right. veering off in the Tom Waits direction, or as I like to call him, pre-Joker. And, um, <laughs> and yeah, it's uh, being out of touch, like, it's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Being um, stodgy, that's different. <laughs> yes. Okay. That, that statement is stodgy. Uh-huh. Okay. And uh, that's something that I don't want to ever be. Uh, yeah. Um, so we don't want you to be stodgy, nor do we want you to be stingy because <laughs> um, it is time once again uh even though it's been more than a year since the last time we did this for a battleship retention donation drive now we're not just gonna come on here and beg you for money right. and we are still going to have um some sponsorships during this time you know yes. I, I don't want you to think because you hear us mention things like tweaked or someone else we have coming up in a in a couple weeks that we're sitting pretty yeah we're know. not rolling in dough yeah i mean it it, it it makes a dent and we appreciate that but um there are uh lots of things that we 
pay for ourselves. And there are further things that we want to do, mm-hmm. um, you know, such as possibly going to Sundance in January or, yeah. or you know, maybe if that doesn't work out, going to South by Southwest or Fantastic yeah. Fest or, or Toronto or any of the, like, things that we've wanted to go to. It's something that we want to do, and it's going to cost some money, not only, you know, lodgings and airfare, but also we will have to take time off work. Yeah. Uh, and it would it would make a dent if we could uh, um, be able to cover some of our expenses and losses. So uh, that's why, you know, we had toyed around with, not doing a donation drive right. this year because we were having, like I said, some sponsorship, but, um, the sponsorship, a wasn't, isn't enough, mm-hmm. uh, on its own and B we want to continue to grow this, these, these, this thing. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's always the possibility that we might make more videos, uh, but those cost money. Those I mean, people to, have, uh, people have commented yeah. on the technical quality and while we appreciate that technical quality usually costs money. Yeah, and those, so those, we yeah, love those doing those videos, pay. Um, and we like uh, branching out and doing new things, but you know, it's we've already kind of we've gone into our own pockets a lot for this show for over five years. For and, over and, five and, years, and for those those who have donated in the past, have uh, you know, we thank you absolutely so much for that. That's been and, and people a big that support help. us by buying tweaked audio. You know, I don't yes, want to I don't want to say like, hey, that has, that wasn't good enough. That's great. It's all it's all been a help. And if we were just going to, I guess, rest on our laurels and keep doing only what we're doing now, maybe we could forego the donation drive thing. Right. But um, we want to keep growing this thing yeah and and so yeah we're hoping for and of course incidentally the more we grow the more bandwidth we use which also costs money does cost money so um but we're not just gonna we're not here to complain david we're not not just gonna hold out our hat and say you know please give us money we know that um even though you know we're providing some content it's content you know you can get there's no end to the podcast you can get for free we understand that so we want to offer up uh, possibly something else in advance. So mm-hmm. what we're doing, like we've done the past in past years, uh, it's there's going to be prizes. That's right. Um, and by donating, you become eligible to win the prize. Yes. Uh, and here's what we're going to do, uh, as as we always do, because we are in the process of putting together our prize packages. We don't yet know what each one of them is going to be. Yeah. Generally, we we do about three different mm-hmm. packages. You know, uh, maybe. In the past, we've done themes. We've done, like, this is the book package, this is the comedy package, and this right. is the movie uh, or DVD package. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we might um, do some other theme packages or just mix it up e- evenly. Um, it, we'll know once we know for sure what all we have. Right. We don't yet. We know some things. Yeah. We'll, you want, tell, we'll tell you some of them right now. Yeah, we'll, we'll rattle them off. Okay. You, you, you go, okay. and then I'll go. So, you may recall, we ha- in this last year, I we thought you were going to rattle them off. Yeah, sorry. Okay, <laughs> that's true. I, yeah, I can't do that like like uh, like I was going to. Okay, uh, Robert Buscemi, uh, his CD "Palpable," signed. It's, he's a comedian. He was on the show. Yeah, Graham Elwood, his new his new CD "Palm Strike Dance Party." I do not yet know if that is signed. A yeah, signed, but cop- I have I have a copy of that. It's a good album. It's a good album. Yeah. Uh, a signed copy of the DVD "Entrance," which I believe we can now say. Yes. There is a commentary by David and myself. Yes, on critics' commentary on on um, uh, uh, Dallas 
uh, hold on, Dallas Hallam, Patrick Horvath. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I want to make sure I got their names. Yeah. Uh, but uh, their film entrance has commentary by me and Tyler. Yeah. Uh, a season of your choice of the 40-year-old boy, Mike Schmidt's podcast. Yes. Which is a wonderful podcast. Yes. The book Pacify Me by Chris Mancini. Yes. The new comedy film nerds book, which is by Graham Elwood. Chris Mancini also has uh, contributions by Mike Schmidt. I believe Jackie Cation is in there. So there's a lot of stuff there. Yeah. And then um, also we will uh, be having uh, the the new album, the brand new album, which, um, I mean, you'll get practically. Off the presses. Yeah, you get practically the day it comes out uh, by Mike Kaplan. Um as well as something that doesn't even you can't buy anywhere. I know, um, not in Europe, nowhere. No, um, uh, our 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 good friend uh, Susan Burke and also our a friend of the show Emily Maya Mills are mm-hmm. in a, uh, a sketch troupe with um, Lizzie Cooperman, uh, who we need to get on the show, called Birds of Prey, and they have a lot of videos online. And uh, you will get a DVD compilation of those videos that is not something you can get anywhere. Bootleg. It's essentially a, a bootleg compiled by Susan herself uh, because she's so awesome. And um, there, yeah, there are more things to come that are seconds away from being nailed down. But, but you know I what? I'm going to wanna... say this. All right. Uh-huh. The first, let's say 25, just to make sure I've got enough. Okay. The first 25 people to donate... You get a free Battleship Pretension button. Yes. Yes, I do have them left over from the uh, meetup at Comic-Con. <laughs> and uh, so the first 25, you, da- you donate $5 or more. And that's what gets... Uh, $5 more gets yeah. you into the running. Mm-hmm. Um, but $5 more one-time donation or a $2 per month donation subscription. Yeah, which you don't even feel. You don't even feel it. Yeah. Oh, that feels good. <laughs> we haven't done that in a while. But, uh, but yeah, so that will get you a button for the first 25 that donate, and it will get you uh, entered into one of, to win one of three prize packages. And yep. then we will tell you more about them uh, as the weeks go on. Now, if you want to be a big donor, right? This is your thing. Yeah. Okay, if you want to be a big donor, then you'll... be a big dog, one of the big dogs. Yeah, you'll, then if you, if you donate $100 or more, mm-hmm. then yes, you will be in the running for these prize packages. Right. In addition, you get a special. You're in a special race. Yes, um, uh, and hopefully, um, unfortunately, you'll have to either be in the Los Angeles area or plan to be in the Los Angeles area right. at no some open point. Open invitation. At some point in the future, there's no expiration date on this. Uh, if you are in a hundred dollar or more donator, do, donator, yeah. donor is the word. Hundred dollars or more one-time donation, or or a sixteen dollar a month subscription. Yeah. Which you, you barely feel. You, you kind of feel. You'll it. probably feel that one a little bit. But that, you know what? That's not the end of the world. Yeah, sixteen Especially bucks a month. Especially when you hear this. All yeah. right. Here's what gets to happen: is you get to come to Tyler's apartment. Apparently, <laughs> we don't or, do this. Or in, maybe the studio. We'll okay, see how maybe it goes. we'll go and use the Never Not Funny Studios. That would make more sense to me because yeah. I wouldn't want to have strangers in my in my apartment. Not at all. I don't even I'd like be, having I'd my be friends like in my missing apartment. ashtrays and stuff. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, there's so many ashtrays around here that you wouldn't even miss it. <laughs> I collect um, ashtrays. It's very strange. So what 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 you will do is tell us when you're going to be around. We'll uh, and we'll and we'll get you maybe over to the studio to um to I guess sit in and you know maybe I guess I don't know but whether the be on mic thing maybe a little bit maybe for a few minutes. Here's the thing. It's not about us. It's not about us saying like we're so special. You get, you to, get to be in our presence. Yeah. We're not like that. Here's what you get to do: is you 
give us, I don't know, three to five order of preference of your favorite past Battleship Retention guests. And we will get one of them, mm-hmm. to, you know, depending on availability. That's why I'm saying we need three to five. And depending on their level of comfort with having a stranger there. <laughs> yes. So. Um, we'll get one of them to come and be a guest on the show. So you yeah. get to come and watch us and uh, sit with, uh, with your favorite uh, Battleship Pretension your favorite guest. Battleship Pretension or one guest. of your top five favorites. And one of your favorite Battleship Pretension hosts. I assume you either like one or the other of us, right? <laughs> I think that's, that's mostly. I'd say that's about right. Certainly after last week. Yeah. So yeah. where I think we've probably polarized people. So yes, uh, so there will be uh, there will be there's the donate page uh, on battleshipretention.com, and that will yeah. have all the buttons that you need to push uh, for a one-time donation or a donation subscription, and uh, yeah. and it will it will lay out as as uh, details uh, come forth about what the prize packages will be. It will lay out uh, what you could uh, what you could stand to win. First now, twenty-five battleship retention button. Yes. So now this episode will go up late on the 19th of August. Okay. So let's say this starts the 20th mm-hmm. and uh, ends on the 9th of September at midnight, Sunday at midnight. Sure. And then we will announce winners the following week, the following week uh, Sunday the 16th. Right. Uh, into Monday the 17th, depending on when I get the episode up. Indeed. So from August 20th at you know well yeah from when you're hearing this episode mm-hmm. if you hear it on the 19th that's fine yeah. uh from when you're hearing this episode to end of the day midnight pacific standard time right um because we're in los angeles on september the 9th uh five dollars or more um or a two dollar recurring uh, year for one year donation will get you in the running all right all right moving on david yes now we've done yeah we just need to move on to the topic right which uh we don't want to spend too long on this we don't have a guest here to uh take us off on too many tangents although we tend to take care of that ourselves yeah we'll be all right uh but we do want to do a fall movie preview Mm -hmm. partially because at this point in 2011 this is for me why i want to do it at this point in 2011 there were multiple movies that ended up in my top 10 that had already been released. Yeah. You know, the future and, and tree of life. Uh, and I feel less confident about that this year. I feel like 2012 has been a bit of a down turn from 2011. You know what? And here's the thing, as you know, I did not consider last year to be a, the great movie year that some people consider it to be, uh, this year definitely worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it's you know it's a weird thing i know that this should not be my my uh measuring stick but i was disappointed in brave okay now of course i was disappointed i i wasn't disappointed in cars 2 because i had no expectation of it being good right um but brave i expected to be good i wanted it to be good and it was fine it was it was good it wasn't great it certainly was not up to the standard that Pixar has. And somehow, and I know that that's, that is not what it, the standard bearer, but like, it was, uh, not standard bearer, you know what I mean. That's not, that doesn't necessarily have to be the standard for every year, but. I was just thinking it was funny that you said standard bearer, uh, and Brave has a bear in it. It sure does. Yes, <laughs> thanks, David. Ugh. So, um. But it's not your standard bear. It, it's, he's. <laughs> He's smarter than your standard bear. <laughs> so, anyway, um, 
but it's stuff like that, and then and then uh, stuff like uh, Dark Knight Rises. Now, of course, expectations for that it could not have possibly lived up to it, but it wasn't it wasn't as good as people wanted it yeah. to be. And Avengers, admittedly, soared beyond anybody's expectations. Yes, but and then yeah. have been yeah, I, I talked about movies like Hunger Games and Snow White and the Huntsman and uh, Paranorman mm-hmm. uh, now that have that have surprised me that I think yeah. have been better than I anticipated them. Like, looking at my top ten right now... I mean, Hunger Games was better than the book it was based on. I'm saying that extra loud for your wife's benefit. And I'm sure she appreciates that. So, (laughs) the... uh, And that's the thing, is my top ten right now... Like, I assume it will change, uh, but you never know. And uh, and if my top ten right now is where it stood, I'd, I'd say this is not a good year. Yeah, yeah, there are movies that are, like, at the, at the lower end of my top ten that I can't even really say I really yeah. liked. Yeah. I don't know. So, All right. But we can move on. Let's, let's move on. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping that there will be things in this fall preview that'll be, that we can be excited about. There's now, a handful, yeah. Um, we're not going to talk about Twilight, right? No. Okay. Um, Looper, we t- I mean, we talked a bit about Looper in our uh, Comic-Con wrap-up episode. I'm excited uh, about it. Oh, yeah, me too. Definitely. Um, it's it just seems such a neat a neat idea and it'll probably be executed really well and I I just like that Joseph Gordon Levitt is becoming at this point I think he is definitely a lead actor and and I think uh, I think he can carry a movie uh, after Mysterious Skin and after The Lookout mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and for some reason I'm blanking on others he, he's he's been a supporting Brick. character Brick yeah thank you there it is by the same director by the same, yeah yeah I'm not following you but uh, yeah like he Did you see he Manic. Can, I didn't see Manic. That's, I don't know if he's the lead. I think it, that's an ensemble film, right? I guess so, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but he's he's shown himself to be just a really, really solid, dependable actor. And by the way, if you haven't seen Mysterious Skin, you owe it to yourself to see it. My number one of 2005. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know it was that high. Oh, right. Yeah. It's a great movie. Yeah, but, because we weren't doing the show back then. That's true. Yeah. yeah. No reason I should know it. Yeah. Although I should say, because I have my weird strict rules about stuff, often things um will get um you know added to the list after well after we've done our episode i talked last week about how i just recently saw once upon a time in anatolia and uh it is i have to put it on the 2011 list way up there with take shelter and and tree of life mm-hmm. it's and I, like it's a it's a challenger to those two is what i'm saying for the number one spot so, how do you have the time to go back into your list and add stuff to it? I just keep my list on my and it's for it's every there single year. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I All got right. I got my Google, Google documents. It's got my lists in it. I access it uh, at work or at home or right, you know on my mobile device. <laughs> All right. Um, burning through this. Uh, Trouble with the curves. Sees uh, Clint Eastwood return to acting that he's not directing. Directing. Yes, that's interesting. And it's got a pretty good cast too. It's Amy Adams, who I'm yeah. I'm a big fan of, and David. I know you and I talked about this a while ago, and I think we, this is the conclusion we came to. She's America's sweetheart. Yeah, there's no question about it. We were on the fence for a while, but she's it. Well, yeah, she was up there with some other, you know, some Maggie Gyllenhaals and and, and uh, you know. Um, uh, and Hathaway's in terms of and Hathaway, it's it's but th- it's between the two of them. I well, think. The, yeah, that was the competition for America's Next Top Sweetheart came down right in my mind to Adam Amy Adams and Anne Hathaway, and Amy Adams took it. I, th- I yeah, I'd say so. Not to not to uh, say uh, Anne Hathaway is not sweet. She right, sure yeah. is. 
She's not like an Isla Fisher who got knocked out in the first round. Oh, no question. I mean, I like Isla Fisher, <laughs> but America is not sold on her. Not at all. All right. <laughs> Maybe next season. Um, the perks of being a wallflower, I'm interested because I'm interested to see Emma Watson outside of Hermione. Um, I'm interested. Uh, but that's the only thing reason I'm interested in it. The movie doesn't sound very good It doesn't to me. sound very good. And, and I've never actually... Emma Watson has gotten... She got better as an actress as the series went on, but I never considered her to be that great. So not so much that I'd be like, oh, what, she's going, what is she going to do? Like, not so much as, like, I thought Rupert Grant, like, w- evolved into a really solid, like, comedic actor, and Man, he's somebody I'm interested in. I've been rewatching the Harry Potter films. Mm-hmm. The jump in ability of the child cast between seasons four and five, or season episodes <laughs> four and five, or, installments four and five there you go i can't stop getting out of the tv mind anyway um is enormous and i think it's because david yates you know called on them to step up i think the previous directors even alfonso coran like didn't yeah. rely on them being uh, fantastic there is know? also admittedly not to not to say that david yates isn't great i think he's great uh, a great uh, director but um I do think that uh, it was also a, a jarring shift in tone. Not jarring. That sound, makes it sound negative. But there's a sudden shift in tone. At the end of 4, yes, Voldemort's which, which back. I, as much then, as I don't like... I mean, I, I do... I like all eight movies, but Goblet of Fire is my least favorite. Right. But that aside, when it gets heavy and dark at the end, Mike Newell is equal to the challenge. Very I, much I watched so. it again recently. He does not soft soft sell or soft pedal soft serve season <laughs> soft serve uh that ending it's it's heavy yeah and that's the thing is like it sets a new tone immediately mm-hmm. and i think then the the actors rise to the challenge with yeah. the help of david yates of course okay uh, i won't back down you talked about how much you want to see it uh last week um about how it's your most anticipated movie of the year absolutely um dread or dread 3d here's okay. the thing a lot of positive buzz coming out of the Comic-Con screening, which we didn't get invited to because they're small potatoes, apparently. Um, but Not for I, long. Donation drive. Yes. As I have said before about Comic-Con and other such things, it's sort of an echo chamber. You know, People are in a heightened state. I'm going to wait and see what people who didn't see it at Comic-Con think of Dread 3D. You know who, you know it whose sounds opinion pretty stupid. You know whose opinion I want? David Cronenberg. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, it's written by, not that this, I hate to put it this way, but, like, a writing credit doesn't mean what it, maybe what it used to. But it was written by uh, Alex Garland, who, if I'm not mistaken, wrote 28 Days Later. Yeah, um, well, he wrote the novel The Beach. Yeah, okay, yeah. Which is, I guess, how he got to know Danny Boyle. Yeah. And then, but he's, yeah, a, he's, he's, a, he's a pretty good writer, I yeah, think. And yeah. so, who knows? It could turn out pretty well. All right. Um, now, have you heard of this movie, The Master? Hmm? It looks pretty good. The Master? Yeah. It's directed by, I think... Is that the one with Dana Carvey? No, no, it's got Philip Seymour Hoffman, okay. but it's directed by the guy who makes those Resident Evil movies, Paul W.S. Anderson. <laughs> anyway, uh, um, that's a lot of fun, everybody. Yeah, we're being silly. Of course, The Master is highly anticipated. It's probably my most anticipated movie of the year. Yes. I, we, I'm very excited that it uh, got bumped up. Although now it's like, oh, now I can't anticipate it anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I, I'll tell you, like, their campaign has been wonderful. I, I only so watched that first teaser. Isn't that enough, though, for yeah, you? Like, yeah. I'm excited that they didn't go the the easy route of of playing up. For those that, that don't know, it's it's sort of a sort of a, a fictionalized account of like Scientology, basically just L. Ron a, Hubbard's of L. Ron story, Hubbard. Yeah. yeah, 
and uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman plays the L. Ron Hubbard type role, and that already is astound- is interesting to me. But not unlike uh, not unlike the film, and I can't remember the director right now. The film, The Stunt Man, which I don't know if you ever saw. It's got no, Peter no. O'Toole and Steve yeah, Railsback. Yeah. Where, p- admittedly, Peter O'Toole got all the uh, got all the buzz, and he's he uh, he got the nomination. But uh, it's actually not about him. It's about Steve Railsback and this weird relationship the two of them have. You watch that first teaser, and it's like, man. While I'm thrilled to see Philip Seymour Hoffman playing this type of role, I'm excited to see. Joaquin Phoenix, yeah, like giving a performance as raw as that. Like, I think he's a better actor than most people ever gave him credit for. Sometimes, including me, and I think he had like deep well. He has deep wells of emotion that I think he doesn't dip into very much. But I think he is with this one. I think like I'm. I was riveted, and I'm so excited for this movie. And I talk about wanting this to be a a good year again. The last great year was 2007. That was the last year we had a Paul Thomas Anderson film. That's true. So uh, maybe my hopes are up a little too high because that's not something I don't normally allow my hopes to get up very high for movies, but mm-hmm. my hopes are up for the master. Yeah. Um, uh, End of Watch, I had uh, I see you have it written down there, and I've talked about it being interesting, maybe, to me. I'm before. intrigued by it. I'm intrigued, yeah. But um, that's as far as I'll go. I'm not going to say my hopes are up, but I am intrigued, intrigued by it. It looks like it could be, uh, yeah. you know, rough and... Uh, raw, I guess. You know, there are some movies where, like in theory, people, s- I could see people say like, well, don't you just want to go see every movie? Or, well, don't you want to wait and see what the reviews are before you go see it? And there are some movies that I'm just going to see because I want to know what I think of it. Uh-huh. Uh, but then there are some where it's like, I'll wait and see what people yeah. say. Yeah. And End of Watch is one of those. That yeah. doesn't mean I'm, I'm not interested. And if the if the reviews, if it's getting B's, I'll see it. Because it's entirely possible that what is a B for some person, uh, for some people, might be an A for me. Yeah. So, but it's one of those. Yeah. Um, well, it's David Ayer, Ayers or Ayer, Ayer, who wrote Training Day, mm-hmm. wrote and directed this. And Training Day is, a, I think, a really good movie. Um, but if you're just looking at the screenplay, um, it's a little, uh, I guess, of a, it's a little blunt. <laughs> that screenplay and it's, and it's, and it's sold. Big. I mean, yeah. just but it's sold by the performances and by uh, Antoine Fuqua, whom I have long been on the record record as saying is an yeah. underrated director. I, he made a movie called Shooter that I like. Yeah. Um, well, the the the, <laughs> the reason that uh, that the direction kind of undercuts some of the the bigness of the script is because it it treats it very kind of sort of down and dirty and gritty and end of watch certainly seems to be that so yeah. it might it might diffuse that a little bit okay um argo moving on into october argo, argo i'm excited me too. about it I, it's i'm not a huge fan of the town i think there are script problems with it but the acting is is uh consistent and very good and ben affleck has shown himself to be a dependable very very good if not great director yeah gone to be gone was one of my favorite films of 2007 and but and that's the thing is like the action sequences of the town great uh and those are hard things to to pull off that was a seven right gone to be gone yeah yeah, that's that's seven and uh and argo like the the concept sounds so so interesting um and the supporting it's ben affleck is 
in it, but also Alan Arkin, John Goodman, and Brian Cranston. Like yeah. three character actors you can't go wrong with. Absolutely. And so um, I feel, I mean, should we talk about like what some of these movies are about or can we just move on? Uh, I mean, if, it's, if you have something to say about it, we're not an... I don't it's think just we have a, to report on you know, what right. you're about. But it's bit. just an interesting premise that, like, and it's based on a true story that uh, yeah. in Iran, like, there are these three, There, like, when uh, all those uh, hostages were taken, there were, like, six, I think six, I think uh, six, yeah. six like, uh, like, U.S. government agents or something like that, that, that and they need to be smuggled out of, of the country, and so they, so there is a government op- op- operation that fakes a movie called Argo and they're in there to shoot a movie and these guys are just part of the crew and so like that's a, on on top of everything else it looks like a really like kind of a crackerjack suspense movie yeah. while also at the same time looking very very funny oh yeah I haven't seen any maybe not very very maybe just one very okay um, it just looks uh, like an interesting blend of, of genre okay um, Cloud Atlas Here's oh, we're into October now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, Cloud Atlas. Um, I had heard of the book um, when this the, the like six minute trailer came out. Did you watch it? I haven't no. watched it. Uh, um, it. It suddenly got a lot of buzz, and my my friend Patrick, friend of the show Patrick Starr from Pretend for Real Studios, um, man, he is in the running lately for being not mentioned as often as as often as Jason Eakin. I know, um, but. Uh, he lent me the book I read on the bus yesterday, the first 35 pages, and it is great. Okay. And so now I'm excited for this movie. And I'm excited because it's uh, the Wachowski siblings, um, uh, Lana and, and Andy, Andy. Andy and Tom Tickver. Yeah. When we learned how to pronounce his name from our friend Matthias. Yeah. Uh, um, who has made, you know, Run, Little Run and Princess and the Warrior and... Um, uh, what else did he do? Well, he did that uh, movie Heaven, which was oh yeah, interesting. Is that the one with Kate uh, Blanchett and G. Van Yeah, and it was based on a script by Krzysztof Kieślowski. That's right, because he was going to be doing another sort of trilogy, uh, and the movie is going to be called Heaven, Hell, and Purgatory. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was the only script I guess he had completed or mostly completed and Tom Tickford made it and it's there was a TV movie on TNT a few years ago called Purgatory about the Old West is that based on a I don't think Kieslowski he got script? so far okay. maybe it's based on a treatment okay fair enough I feel like I'm missing a big Tom Tickford film though uh, and I can't think what it is I'd say oh, probably what? the most notable one the one that people know is Run Lola Run and yeah. so and the the Wachowskis with Tom Tickford like that's pretty exciting and it seems like such an ambitious film. Now that means it could be a huge failure. Uh-huh. It, you know, it's got even further to fall. But I, I can I can respect it. Just no, but in, yeah, I in like its that audacity. Kind of, I, I like that kind of ambition. Yeah. Um, and it is weird for directors to team up like that. Yeah, it's not something you see very often. People who already have separate careers. Who wrote the book? T- teaming up. The guy's name is David Mitchell or David Michelle. Okay. Anyway. Um, Taken 2. I still never saw Taken. Neither did I. And apparently I, I'm losing because of that. Because everyone I know that has seen it is like, yeah, it's not the best, but it's a lot of fun. You should watch it. Yeah, I don't know. Everyone I know has seen it and likes it, it seems like. Um, not Fade Away, I'm interested in very much because it's directed by David Chase. Uh, oh, who, yeah, okay. Of The Sopranos. Um, 
uh, and it has it has James Gandolfini in it, but he's not. I, I guess he's not the lead. It's about a kid, and uh, starts a band. Some kids start a band in the '60s. Um, but yeah, I'm just interested because I like David Chase, mm-hmm. and also because "Not Fade Away" is the name of the Angel series finale, and it's my favorite series finale of all time. My second favorite series finale of all time is uh, uh, oh, what is it called? The final Sopranos episode. Why am I drawing a blank on what it's mm, called? I don't recall. I don't know episode titles like you do. Yeah. Anyway, so my two favorite series finales of all time somehow come together in Not Fade Away. They come together and yet not at all, I assume, right? <laughs> yeah. It okay. has nothing to do with Angel. Yeah. It's just a coincidence. Um, uh, well, there was a movie uh, th- I, on the, the page that you just uh, skipped over there oh, okay. called The Paperboy. Oh, Lee Daniels' new movie. Lee Daniels. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. I, okay, as I was looking up movies that, that uh, will be coming out this year, I looked up The Paperboy, and I was like, Zac Efron, okay, all right, what, this doesn't look that good. Then I saw Lee Daniels, and I thought, I'll write it down mm-hmm. as something I'm interested in, because mm-hmm. like, I had no interest in, in seeing Precious. It looked... Well, oh, based on the novel Pushed by Sapphire? That's the one. Okay. That's the one. Yes, thank you. Um, and, ju- <laughs> and just the... Uh, I, I it looked so melodramatic in a, in a bad way, um, and then I saw it and it turned out it was melodramatic in a good way. But it was so like he he got the tone so right, and the tone is what sold that movie uh, for me anyway. And uh, and so the idea of him directing a uh, like an investigation and, and a suspense movie sounds really interesting to me. And Matthew McConaughey's on a bit of a hot streak these days. Yeah, so. I mean, I haven't seen aside from it, Bernie, which I thought he wasn't actually that great in. But like, I didn't see Magic Mike. I haven't seen Killer Joe. But from what it sounds like, like he's Joe. really doing some interesting work these days. Yes, which is good for him. Uh, I saw. I haven't seen Killer Joe either, although I really, really want to. Um, I loved Bernie, but thought he was again commendable choice. But I thought he was the weakest part of the movie. Yeah, and Magic Mike is a good movie, I guess. You were very depressed by it. Yeah, it's good in that it's it is definitely successful and coherent and whole and interesting. But I don't, I will never watch it again because like is he good in it though? So it bummed me out. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's not, it's mostly um, Channing Tatum and Alex Pettifer, okay. uh, and and then the I can't remember her name now who plays Alex Pettifer's uh, sister. Those are the main okay. roles. But uh, yeah, yeah, he's good. Okay. Anyway. Um, Alex Cross, Tyler Perry is a uh, a young Morgan Freeman, I guess technically. I guess, yeah. <laughs> I remember uh, the only thing I knew about it was uh, a friend of the show, Jason Eakin. See, there's a name check. Uh, he he's like, "Have you heard about Alex Cross?" And I was like, "No." I I feel like the fact that it's called that means the name should mean something to me. Uh, and he's like, "Oh, that's Morgan Freeman's character from these movies that you don't like." And I was like, "Oh, okay, got it." Um, and then, he, and then he mentioned the poster. Oh, I don't think I've seen the poster. And it says, don't cross Alex Cross. <laughs> it's like, really? That's the best. Like, that's a first. That's a first draft. Like, that's yeah, the. Yeah. Uh, but have you seen the pictures of what Matthew Fox looks like in this movie? No, I don't think so. Oh, he went to great lengths to physically transform himself. And it, it is terrifying. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> He's like 
super sinewy is the best okay. way that I could describe him. He's very thin, but very muscular, if that oh, makes yeah, sense. Yeah. And kind of terrifying looking. Um, Do you consider Matthew Fox to be a good actor? Um, Let me put it this way. If he's playing a terrifying character, are you going to be terrified? I, I will be interested to see it. Because okay. the thing is, I only know Matthew Fox from Lost. I never watched Party of Five. I didn't right. see Vantage Point. I don't know what else he's done. Um, so, I don't know. I thought he was good as Jack Shepard. Yeah. He was okay. good as that. But, um, Frank and Weenie? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah? I haven't seen anything. I don't know. I, I think I've gone past the point where I can be too interested in in tim burton i'm you know, na- i'm naturally skeptical like i i do enjoy uh nightmare before christmas but now that i think about it i was disappointed by corpse bride and so yeah. it'll probably be closer to corpse bride than uh nightmare before christmas so um so what else you got there i've got my list here of, oh uh, well i i skipped some stuff in no, I guess I just skipped the Inbetweeners movie in September that I meant okay. to mention because I that's a British TV show that I like. And uh, as far as October um, smaller stuff, um, Atlas Shrugged Part 2 is coming out. Okay, uh, but here's, here's what's oh. beautiful about that. Okay, sorry to talk politics again, everybody. All right, <laughs> so what fascinates me is that Ayn Rand is hel- is held up, and and so, you know what? I've watched interviews with her, and some of her ideas are kind of interesting, um, and uh, I'm not sure if I agree with them. Oh, I certainly don't, because a lot of her philosophies are like atheistic, so I don't agree with them. But some of her ideas are interesting, and uh, and the uh, the thing about Atlas Shrugged is that, and 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 the fact that like free market economists. Like, they, they play up how much they... They don't play it up. I'm sure they actually do love this book and and hail it as this uh, a, amazing achievement that puts forth these free market economic ideas. <coughs> the free market rejected Atlas Shrugged, the movie. <laughs> it rejected Atlas Shrugged Part 1. And then they're forcing through Atlas Shrugged Part 2 and just like, you are, you are failing to heed the lesson of your favorite thing. And it just, it astounds me. Um, yeah, I totally agree. Um, do you remember the uh, mix-up with the DVD box on Alice Shrugged Part 1? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For those who don't know, whatever, I don't know, whoever they contracted out to write the thing, uh, the little, like, blurb on the back said that it was, uh, like, a stirring story of self-sacrifice. It probably yeah. wasn't that uh, alliterative, but... Um, self-sacrifice yeah. goes against everything that it is the one thing the movie is absolutely <laughs> not yeah. yeah um a couple of uh, big uh festival i guess favorites um coming out uh uh holy motors uh from i don't know how to say his name leos Carax. okay uh, was a big a guy who made the lovers on the bridge and some of the stuff he was it was a big uh smash at um at can uh the loneliest planet is one that i really meant to see at uh um, either at LAFF or AFI Fest. I forget which one, but I didn't get to see it. And then also, I, uh, speaking of big smashes, uh, happy to uh, chill for our, our, our good friend uh, Susan Burke, uh, who is the co-writer of Smashed, starring Mary Elizabeth Winstead and Aaron Paul, and that comes out October 12th. No, yes, October 12th. 
All right, so I've got a I've got a couple here that I wanted to talk about. One is called Killing Them Softly with Brad Pitt. Oh right, and it's Andrew Dominic's Andrew Dominic. new film, yes. and he made the 2007 wonderful film, The Assassination of Jesse Just James, based on the novel Push by Sapphire. <laughs> but uh, and that it's, at this point, I'm interested in anything Andrew Dominic does. Like Assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford is one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen, and it creates such an interesting tone, and it's such an odd way to tell a story. And I have such respect for him as a filmmaker that, uh, that I'm interested to see anything that he does. So that's one. Uh, Martin McDonough, who made uh, uh, In Bruges, mm-hmm. uh, is making a movie called uh, Seven Psychopaths. Yeah. Which has a wonderful cast, including pre-Joker, Tom Waits. <laughs> Tom Waits, yeah. Um, but, and I watched the trailer for it, and it just looks like such a fun, manic pace, but also has like that brilliant prose that is some that is somehow poetic while also being like undeniably like profane and uh it's i'm i'm very excited about it okay moving into november yep all right life of pi i feel like i need to be a person who has read the book to understand why i should be excited for this i'm intrigued by it but i'm that's the thing i'm not like it sounds baffling to me but not in an intriguing way and i even saw I guess a trailer. I can't remember what movie it was on. It was in 3D, and it was essentially just a scene. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really a, a trailer in the normal sense. It was just a scene, and it happened. And then I was like, "What?" Um, that's that's <laughs> the best way I can describe the experience. Uh, I don't get what this is. Um, I've read this. I've read the summary. I know that it's a boy who's stranded at sea in a boat with a tiger. Yeah. Um, but everything That's about... That's not intriguing to you? Uh, no, I guess that ba- is... Bafflement can be intriguing. But uh, everything about the way that it looks and the fact that it's Ang Lee and the 3D... Uh, and I mean, they showed like 10 minutes of it, I guess, at CinemaCon. Um, that, hey, CinemaCon might be something we can go to next year if uh, your donations come through. Free, um, free buttons. I guess they're not free. you got to donate. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it is a film that just really like... It it seems so unhinged. Uh huh. Yeah, I want to make it clear. I'm not skeptical. Right. I'm just like, what? Yeah. Just That's the only way I can describe j- it. Yeah. When I when I heard about because I didn't see the trailer and the fact that like it's Ang Lee who I think just is just like you know what I think it's time for me to go crazy and I'm gonna make this crazy movie and uh, you know what I'm gonna make it in 3D. That's how <laughs> crazy I am. And uh, and you know I can't. Uh, I can't dismiss something as as nutty as as that movie looks. I yeah, uh, I'm just interested in like how you get a f- like how you continue to not have the tiger eat the boy. <laughs> <'Cause> that <laughs> seems like it seems like a subject for a short film that ends horribly. Yeah. Uh, so I guess that if I'm intrigued about anything, it's maybe the tiger's asleep for like an hour and a half, <laughs> and the movie is it's, an hour and thirty five minutes long <laughs> with four minutes of credits. <laughs> uh, see, I like that idea. All right, um, Wreck It Ralph. I finally watched the trailer. Yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. It might be. Do you think it might be too clever? It's too clever for me because I don't. I, I don't play video games. I'm not a gamer. I don't know what's going on here. But it's but I'm not much of a gamer either. But like I mean, you you must have played like some video games when you were younger. Like it's 
you know, it's okay. You see like Bowser, and you see, and Wreck It Ralph is clearly supposed to be like a Donkey Kong type. Okay, and it just it. I worry that it want it'll wind up being just just too just too reference heavy and like and just depending more on that than anything character or story related but it looks yeah. it looks funny and it okay. looks good yeah i like the voice cast yeah um anna karenina i feel like i shouldn't be because i excited for it because i haven't liked the uh i didn't see hannah and i didn't care much for what was the last one he made that people like atonement atonement i didn't care much for that yeah but um i thought uh uh, Pride and Prejudice was enjoyable. I love Pride and Prejudice. I think it's very good. Um, I was not a huge fan of Atonement except that first act. And I thought Hannah was good. Okay. Uh, not great. I thought his directing was quite good, but I thought the, the script was a little cold. Um, Maybe that's the idea. But yeah, I uh, I mean, I think I, I feel about Keira Knightley much the way I feel about Joe Wright. I don't dislike her. Okay. But I don't get that interested for her. And yet, I think... I like her a lot in Pride and Prejudice. I think she's great in that. And, like, that, that one performance is car- carries a lot of water with me. Uh, I like her in Bennett like Beckham. Um, but it's also Jude Law and, uh, and Kick-Ass. <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, the conceit is that it's, like, told, like, on stage, like you're watching a performance of it. I didn't know that. And I, I'm, I'm intrigued by that. Well, see, now we've flipped, we've flipped uh, roles with the life of Pi because now I'm just like, what? Come on. <laughs> just make a movie. Yeah. Uh, but I think, I mean, they, they, I, I, because I read the Entertainment Weekly that I'm uh, pawing through and not giving credit to, we should give credit to Entertainment Weekly for giving us an outline for this episode. Not me. Um, I went through uh, Wikipedia and what's oh, okay. coming out, and then I just made a, made a list here. Um, I have no love for Entertainment Weekly, though I am still subscribed. Uh, yeah, you didn't like... What was the thing you didn't like? That, like, Jennifer Lopez's dress was on the cover or something like that? Uh, I don't remember. It's something that seemed really silly. Now I sum it up by just saying, like, look at look at how the Oscar coverage has changed uh, over the years. You know what I do hate? Uh, I do think it changed in a way that is very negative is, is the, uh, the power issue, which I don't even think they call that anymore. Yeah. But, like, the power issue used to be a really, uh, I mean, not really, but a fairly comprehensive and somewhat in-depth look at who has the most power in Hollywood, mm-hmm. in in the movie and TV industry. Where do we rank? And, <laughs> but the, the thing is, on that list, most of the people are people you've never heard of, or mm-hmm. that the average person hasn't, hasn't heard of, I should yeah. say. And so I think... Um, they changed it to like they they changed the thrust of the issue to be more about recognizable faces so that they can put more you know pictures of, pictures of Oprah Winfrey or whatever the fuck yeah. you know to sell sell issues. Maybe they I, changed I their problem. criteria. Maybe they thought like, well, you can't be so powerful if people don't know who you are. But I don't agree with that. No, yeah, the people who you know, it, it's sort of like um, people don't, people don't know who Scott Rudin is, but he's incredibly powerful. Yeah, it's and like apparently the, an absolute uh, asshole. The the Chris Rock joke that like. Um, Shaquille O'Neal is rich. The guy who signed Shaquille O'Neal's checks is wealthy. Yeah, <laughs> and absolutely. that's 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 the real difference. The people who are out front aren't necessarily. Uh, that's why I, you know, whenever there's a dispute between owners and players in sports, like there was with the NBA last year, what's going on with the NHL right now, I always take the players' position, even though I, yeah, they make a lot of money, but yeah, the owners are making. 
Because, you know, okay, this is so stupid. <laughs> um, you know, the uh, uh, a big, uh, a pretty large percentage of the income goes toward the players. Mm-hmm. But that income is ticket sales and merchandise, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, players see absolutely none. It's not even factored into the equation, concessions and parking, which is enormous. It's an yeah. enormous amount of money that the owners aren't even, like, counting as money that is on the table. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about that's ridiculous. But, I mean, okay, I know you don't follow hockey, but don't you think that's ridiculous? I guess so. I mean, it's, you know... People wouldn't be buying the popcorn or the nachos or, or the beer or what have you if it weren't for the... They're not just coming to the Staples Center to hang out and have nachos. I mean, I might. You yeah. know. I mean, I, I enjoy eating some peanuts and Cracker Jacks. I don't care if I ever get back. Okay. Well, they don't play baseball at the Staples Center. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Uh, we're talking about hockey here. Um, <laughs> actually, hockey is the only, really the only one that I, could act- that I watch and really enjoy. It's fun. Um, but, all right. Silver Linings Playbook. I'm excited because it's David O. Russell. And you know what? Didn't show up on uh, – or you know what? I think I might have uh, – breezed past it uh, as i've mentioned i'm always excited about david o russell and what he does um yeah there's man there's a lot of heavy hitters uh releasing movies this year yeah yeah that's, that's exciting why, yeah that's why i'm hoping it turns out well uh and this is um uh bradley cooper uh you're not a huge fan of him right not a huge fan but i'd still have hopes and then uh jennifer lawrence who who has yet to let me down i guess i don't know i didn't like x-men first class but that's, I don't not, think that's, her, her that's not her fault yeah that was a, that was a bad role uh are you excited for lincoln okay here's the thing yes with a caveat it's I don't know, and that's the thing is, I, I purposely don't know that much about it. I don't know. Do you know how much of his life it covers? It's just the last like few months, right? Okay, I, I'm on board. Okay, like that. That to me is the most. It's like, it's like Capote. You pick one aspect of the person's life. You don't try to capture all of it. You capture one thing that is probably the most iconic. Yeah. Now, of course, I mean, one could say like him you know fighting this the civil war is is iconic but there's something about like the war has now been won so now what does he do and he's trying to put the country back together that sounds fascinating to mm-hmm. me and that i think is is well, what's the what month was he killed was the war over four months uh, i feel like there should be uh, there's probably some there yeah. at the end but it's not like it's not like as the war is starting yeah, you know, and yeah, this yeah. is what's going to define his presidency. It's not that his pres- presidency has already been defined. The war is on its way to being won, and he has to worry about reconstruction. And then this happens. That I'm sounds how long much we'll, more interesting. If we will get the second inaugural address in uh, something that uh, that's one with the better angels of our nature and stuff. Yes. Uh, so anyway. I'm excited, and it's it's one of those things. It's just like everything about it seems like all right. Looks like old Daniel Day Lewis is going to win a third Oscar. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I think you kind of talked me into being a little more excited than I was. I don't know. Have you ever read, uh, uh we, we didn't talk about Gore Vidal passing away here on the podcast. Um, but you know, RIP Gore Vidal, he was, uh, uh, a great writer and someone I started reading in, in high school. And one of the first things I read was Lincoln. Did you ever read that? Mm-mm. It's got a bigger scope than this, but it, it pretty much takes place only during the presidency. It's not like his whole... It's not his whole life. You don't get the log cabin and all, right. all that all that stuff. 
it's pretty much just the presidency of Lincoln. And of course, a book can cover more absolutely more yeah. ground than a movie. So uh, yeah, and, that's a very good book. Yeah, that's that's always my concern with with a uh, biopic, especially one that is going to that is dealing with so big a figure as uh, Abraham Lincoln. And so by being very specific about it, um, that that excites me more than anything. Um, the Man with the Iron Fists comes out, which is <laughs> RZA from the Wu-Tang Clan yeah. directing a kung fu movie starring Russell Crowe. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I saw a trailer for it. Oh, you and, did? Yeah. What, how does, how does well, it look? Hang on. Did I see a trailer for it or did I just uh, read about it and see like still okay. images? I don't totally remember. But you know what? Either way, I was just like, what the hell is this? Like, this is batshit crazy. Yeah, I'm hoping it'll be good. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping. I don't know. I, I'm trying to compare it to something, but I, I can't. Just yeah. I mentioned last uh, last week, I think I mentioned, uh, or last episode, I mentioned uh, Unleashed. Uh-huh. And everything about that movie is weird. Um, <laughs> and, just, uh, and, so, and seems like unlikely that it would fit together. And so it feels like it might be that kind of thing. All right. Um, do you, I don't know anything about Rise of the Guardians, so I don't know if okay. If so you do. Uh, I have it here with a question mark by it because uh, it is about it's like an advent, an animated adventure film in which like Santa Claus and the like Easter the Bunny fairy, and yeah. the Tooth Fairy and and, and I think the San, uh, the Sandman. Oh, okay. Or Mr. Sandman? No, not Sandman from Spider Man. Mr. Sandman from that song. Yeah, yeah. Bring me a dream. It's the guy that makes a dream. I don't know. I think it's him. I don't totally remember. But anyway, it's definitely those other three, and it's they're banding together to fight evil, and what? Like that sounds weird, but it also sounds kind of great. That seems to be our reaction to a lot of these movies. Yeah, a lot of it is. And what, by the way, doesn't mean nah. It's what? (laughs) All right, sure. Yeah. Um. Okay. What else you got there? I guess. We'll talk about Skyfall. You have not seen Casino Royale, and I didn't see Quantum of Solace. But Skyfall, I'm intrigued by it, and I'm I'm interested in it. Uh, it seems like a uh, maybe a return to form. Uh, but at this, I don't know. It could it could just be crazy. But I feel like it's probably going to be a little more. It's not going to be so heavy on the action as Quantum of Solace apparently was, um, and it, it looks like it'll be a little bit more like an old fashioned James Bond movie where he spends just as much time like figuring things out as like killing people. Okay. Yeah. I don't have anything to say about it. I, I, you know, I, I, here, I'm here to just thing. abstain from Bond movies. Yeah. And here's the thing is I, I don't, if someone says there's no, another Bond movie, it's like, yeah, all right, sure. Uh-huh. Like even after Casino Royale, I was excited, but it's like, that's the exception. How many more do you think Daniel Craig has in him? After this? Yeah. So th- this will be the third. Uh, two. You think he, cause that'll mean he did, more than Brosnan because Brosnan did four right yeah am I right he did Goldeneye Tomorrow Never Dies World's World's Not Enough enough. and Die Another Day yes he did four he did four so you think he'll do more than four I kind of see this as maybe being his last one maybe Uh, who knows like it's if they throw enough money his way and if an interesting director takes on the the next one because now now here's what's happening is that now that uh, Mark Forster has uh, directed Quantum of Solace, which, you know, again, I've heard nothing but bad things about, but, and now Sam Mendes is taking it, like, now, like, real directors, not, to, I'm, okay, not to bash directors that have done James <laughs> Bond movies, but, like, previously established directors 
are making James Bond movies now. And I think, and that is interesting more than anything else to me because that, that hasn't happened before. And so we'll see what happens. If, if, you know, if, uh, I don't know who's a, who's like, um, if Joe Wright or something like that decided he <laughs> wanted to make the next James Bond movie, I could see Daniel Craig saying like, oh yeah, sure. That sounds interesting. Yeah. So I think they should give the next James Bond movie to the Polish brothers. <laughs> uh, are you interested in Red Dawn, the remake? I saw the trailer, and yes. <laughs> I'm, glad, you, I'm glad you agree with me. No, you... I, um, I, uh, yeah, um, I, I, I think it looks... Yeah, it's going to be corny. Oh, no question. Um, but it looks, it looks like a sort of, I guess big dumb brawny action movie yeah which is what the first one was yeah it's kind of it's kind of weird that uh now oh shoot now i can't remember his name chris hemsworth yeah he's a good actor i liked him as thor i liked him in cabin in the woods Mm -hmm. i think he's i think you you still haven't seen snow white and the huntsman no i haven't okay but like i think because you're so mad about what happened to uh that's the that's it i was trying to think of what what their names are Robert Stewart, Stewart, Robin, Robin, yeah. but there's like a name for them like i don't know k-pats something like that something okay. like that anyway. but uh yes that's that's the reason my heart is broken but um no i keep wanting to see it and then i just i keep not having the time or or other things yeah. other movies uh, take a higher priority but um but yeah I, i'm i'm excited that chris hensworth like he is sort of kind of has an 80s quality to him in like how he looks and the types of roles he can get but i think he's more he's a more insightful actor than that and i think he can layer things on that uh i don't know the movie it's it could be absolute crap but i'm excited well for it um he's taking over a role that patrick swayze played and patrick swayze as we talked about back when he died was also an actor who was um maybe never given credit for being like super i guess deep or nuanced but they had uh, a pretty respectable ability to uh inject like stock characters with yeah. personality and 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 in in individual individuality you know and really elevate them and make them something magnetic i think people give have given him crap and i think he's gotten a a bad rap simply because he was in such quintessentially 80s movies mm-hmm. and so when the 80s were done people are like patrick swayze he's a joke it's like it's like look at that because he had like you know the he had like long right. hair and all that right. like they think of him a certain way it's just like but he is a good actor yeah, or he, yeah. you know he was a good actor like he was good in donnie darko you watch donnie darko and he's doing great things like mm-hmm. using his persona as playing to play like a motivational speaker wonderful yeah you know and so and i think yeah chris, chris hemsworth maybe has that and we've got here uh um Josh Hutch- Hutcherson from The yeah. Hunger Games and The Kids Are All Right. Josh Peck from... Uh, from, oh, from uh, Mean Creek. Yes. And he's amazing in Mean Creek. Yeah. Um, and um, Adrian Palicki, I think is her name, from Friday Night Lights. And played, uh, I never know if that's how you say it, but yes. Yeah. Uh, she played Tyra? Was that her name on I think Friday so. Nights? Yes. Um, and... <laughs> Jeffrey Dean Morgan in, in the, the Powers, in the Booth, Powers role, Booth role, which, which is I'm, perfect. Yeah, and Brett Cullen is in it, who's an actor that Brett is... Brett Cullen in the Harry Dean Stanton role. Yeah. He's an actor that, like... I always enjoy what he does. And I, incidentally, he shows up as Alan Alda's running mate 
Oh, right. In the West Wing, which you would know if you bothered to stop filleting Aaron Sorkin so much <laughs> and watch the rest of that show. Um, so I'm glad, I'm glad that you... Uh, this is why we do a show together, because the general tone on the internet is negative about Red Dawn, about this Red Dawn remake. And I'm, I might be the only okay. person who's a little bit You know what? Here's hopeful. what it is. Okay, I'm not going to speak as definitively as that, but it's just like people, people are like... Ah, Red Dawn. Why are they re- remaking Red Dawn? I don't know because the movie, the original movie, was kind of whatever. It was it's, bubblegum it's crap, stupid. and like. So why not? Yeah, why not make another? Why stupid not movie? do that one? <laughs> like it's it's fine. It's it. I think it's that idea. It's just like it's like oh, they're. I don't think they'd say raping my childhood. But it's just like oh, that's a classic. No, it isn't. It really isn't. It yeah. really isn't. Uh, yeah, I have no problem with them remaking Red Dawn, and this one looks like it could be dumb fun. Uh, although I am bothered by the changing the um do you know about the whole changing the villains well it's the chinese now right no it's the north koreans now oh what, okay. it was filmed as the chinese the line the dialogue was all done in chinese and they went back and they dubbed the dialogue into north korea into korean well we don't owe korea the, any money <laughs> whereas but i mean i, I don't know it's it, never, never mind you know what there's a there's a review on the site of a documentary called uh, Death by China. Uh, uh-huh. Kyle wrote it. And uh, you know what? You don't want to make those guys mad. Yeah. No. We stand to lose nothing by making uh, North Koreans. Well, maybe that's why it seemed like a, they were a better enemy then. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like, if, if we're certainly not in a Cold War, but at the same time, like, there are, two ma- there are two major powers in the world, and they're the other one. And that was the idea of Red Dawn, is that, like... Yeah. This one finally is like, yeah, I think I'm done with the Cold War. Let's let's get him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, all right. Um, I don't know much about Flight. I guess it's sort of inspired by Soli Solenberger, um, but it is Robert I, Zemeckis returning to live action. Have you seen the trailer for it? Oh no. Okay. No. First off, it's a really well done trailer, and I recognize that the movie isn't necessarily going to be that. I was not interested, and now I'm incredibly interested. It looks so complex. That, like, basically, this guy, uh, you know, the plane's going down, and Denzel Washington is the pilot, and he he tries, like, something astonishing and winds up saving everybody aboard. Mm-hmm. Okay? And then it is discovered... And so he's a hero. Mm-hmm. And then it's discovered that he was, like, drunk. And so people are then saying, like, well, he must have caused the... The, the problem even though people say like well he didn't cause the problem but he shouldn't have been flying drunk but he also saved everybody like I don't know there's a, there's a certain degree of like trying to figure out how much you can blame somebody and how maybe the idea is like well we're, we require our heroes and our public figures to be perfect but this guy clearly wasn't did you do you remember Matt Damon's character on uh, 30 Rock talking yeah. about Sully Solenberger he's like you know what you do not hit the birds I yeah. don't hit the birds every day where's my ticket to the Grammys <laughs> <laughs> He's good on that show. He was good, yeah. But yeah, and so so in watching it, it looks like such an interesting. I don't know. It, it looks like such, here's, I bet here's what it is, because Zemeckis made Castaway, and Castaway. Going in when you just when you describe it, it's just like oh, guy stuck on an island. Yeah, all right. But it's more than that. Yeah, and it explores more than that, and that's what I get about that's the impression I get from Flight. It looks really interesting to me. All right. I think I just must be in a good mood tonight because movies that I would normally be skeptical about, like Les Miserables. You know what? I, you know, I didn't see the King's Speech, but I like John Adams. That um, mm-hmm. uh, Hooper, what's his first name? 
Tom, Tom. Hooper uh, directed. Uh, I like musicals uh, um, if they're good. I like the songs from Les Mis. I think, um, though I don't like Hugh Jackman in. There's a lot of roles I don't like him in. I think this this is right for him. Absolutely, as is Anne Hathaway and uh, Anne Russell Crowe, maybe. But uh, Amanda Seyfried, I'm a big fan of. I will say this is okay. I'm sorry to mention trailers, but I guess what else do I have to go on? And I haven't right. seen the trailers for a lot of them. Uh, the trailer for Les Miserables, <laughs> I welled up. Yeah. It was so Anne Hathaway's voice is so beautiful. Yeah. And, and, but here's the thing, David, uh-huh. listen to this in high school, back when I was acting and winning awards <laughs> in the state of Missouri yeah. in the year 2000. Yes. Best actor. Um, Best male high school age actor in the state of Missouri. Yes. Okay. Why do you have to take this from me? It's all I have. <laughs> okay. Aside from my uh, my three podcast award nominations, this is all I have, <laughs> and we all know how in what high regard I hold those. So, uh, but I I remember my big problem with musicals. Because I, I could sing. My, my, uh, my teacher said, like, I could sing, and I just didn't like them very much. But, but by and large, my problem with, with high school musicals, and not so much, uh, you know, when you see them professionally, is that there was such an emphasis on the music part and the singing part that there wasn't such an emphasis on the acting. Um, what, I, what I'm excited about in Anne Hathaway's performance, and I would go on to assume Hugh Jackman and Russell Crowe, like, they peopled it with good actors who are also good singers and so it's not merely that Anne Hathaway sings well it's that she what she is this is just by the trailer by the way uh-huh. what she is what she's putting into the song as far as the character like it's I mean I know you don't watch trailers you gotta watch this Maybe trailer I will. you I will you will uh, break down and cry probably and I I'm very that. excited for it I do that pretty easily I could see that these days I don't know what it is but like um Okay, I uh, fully admit the other night at a, the press screening, I cried at the end of Paranorman. <laughs> um, well, I rewatched Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix the other day, and the end of that always gets me. Yeah. Um, not necessarily the part you'd think. Okay, you know the part I'm talking about. That yes. Would, you'd think, which is definitely sad. Mm-hmm. But then after that, when Harry talks to Voldemort, and he says, you know, uh, you know you're just a person... Uh, but you know you're weak and he says and you will never know love or friendship and I feel sorry for you yeah. that gets me well that and really gets me and that's one of the reasons why in the most in in the last film why the awkward hug between Voldemort and uh, Malfoy uh-huh. like that is that scene which got laughs in the theater and right and rightfully so yeah but that like that is the payoff of that hint mm-hmm. of like, you're never going to know love, even though clearly you probably want it, but because of how you're going about getting it, you're never going to know it. And mm-hmm. so like when Voldemort is giving, is hugging someone that is terrified of him and that's as close as he's ever going to get to love and affection. Yeah. Like that's, that's a great, it's a great line and it's a great scene in, I'm talking about uh, order of the Phoenix. Yeah. Sorry. Moving and, on. um, I won't go into this. If I start talking about Neville Longbottom at any length, I will start crying right here on the <laughs> podcast because, 
he is my favorite character, both in the books and the movies. And whenever he steps up and is brave, oh, it gets me. <laughs> it gets me so much. Okay. All right. Well, we'll move on before you start crying. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm already getting there. Uh, well, no chance I'm going to cry at um, The Hobbit. An unexpected you mean the jury. first third? Yeah. This all is right. bullshit. Yes, here's okay. All that goodwill I was giving to films I would normally be on the fence about, it ends right here. I spent it all, and I do not care about the Hobbit. I, I don't want it. I, I wish it didn't exist. You know it's, what? It's, if it's going to exist, it needs to exist in one movie, not two, and sure as hell not three. Yeah. This is infuriating to me. It's it is ridiculous. Uh, and I, you know, we just talked about Harry Potter. I'm okay with books being split up. Um, uh, you know, I'm not for or against it as a rule. Right. In either, in either case. Uh, but this does seem ridiculous because uh, it is supposed to be a prequel to the movies that already exist. Yeah. Um, so why not stick for uniformity? That was one book, one movie. Now you're suddenly taking yeah. a single book that is shorter than any of the it's a slight delightful um, adventure yeah and making three movies out of it now from what i hear like he's plugging in like you know uh token yeah. went and, and wrote like some sort of world expanding yeah, things yeah. and he's plugging a lot of that in. even that two movies i had just gotten around to accepting not approving accepting two movies three there yeah. are three of them now i am I don't okay I'm so angry at this and and you know what like there are worse things in the world to get angry about but like this is studio greed it could not be more that and 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 it's studio greed uh, mixed with uh, I would venture to say filmmaker self-indulgence or overindulgence rampant fanboyism yeah and it's just and you know what and we're all gonna go fucking see it that's the thing oh I don't know if I will I may wait and see what people say, but yeah, that's the thing. I, I think I probably won't see it. I mean, if it was that, one movie, no, I shouldn't say that. If it was one movie and people were saying it's really good, then I'd probably go see it. But like now, if I go see it, even if like, if, if it's getting good reviews, like, Oh, I'll go see that. Seeing it means a three movie commitment over, over two years. Like, uh, I just get tired of that. Like I, uh-huh. I, it's one of the reasons I have a hard time watching TV. Like I can't even wait the week between episodes, much <laughs> less, you know, a year, year and a half between movies. And it's just, I don't know. It just seems like a cash grab and it seems totally unnecessary. You, you can't, they're trying to make, you know, making mountain mountains out of molehills. They're trying to make an epic out of a delightful story. Uh-huh. And you can't do that simply by making it longer. The, the phrase mountains out of molehills always reminds me of one of my favorite, uh, diane carla bickering things on cheers mm-hmm. where uh diane had broken up i think with the guy she was dating and you know carla was asking why he broke up and she said you know he was just making mountains out of molehills and carla said oh he wanted you to wear a padded bra it's <laughs> 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 a good joke all right um jack reacher i i don't i haven't read the books but uh, i like christopher mcquarrie yeah i like him i like tom cruise always dependable Mm-hmm. Robert Duvall's in it, my favorite actor. Werner Herzog is in it as an actor. <laughs> yeah. How does that not get your attention yeah. right away? Yeah. Just so, That's a yes. That's a yes. Yeah, it, it, it could be good. I'm a little... Again, I don't know the book, so I don't know if this is worrisome, but knowing Christopher McQuarrie, seeing the PG-13 rating seems a little... That's true. Uh, un- ...unfortunate. But anyway, um, The Guilt Trip? Yeah, that's with Seth Rogen and uh, Barbara Streisand, yeah. right? 
I think Barbara Streisand can be a good comedic actress, and I could see the guilt trip being a lot like. Albert. You liked Meet the Fockers, did you? I didn't say it, but like, but I saw. Uh, What's up, Doc? What's up, Doc? Yeah. You and I watched it together. Yeah. And then is it, I don't remember exactly, but like, there's a judge in there that just is having none of it, <laughs> none of the chaos, none of the zaniness, and he's like. He's like, can you give me something back? He's like, give you something back. I'll give you a broken back. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a cool movie. Yeah. That was back when we uh, profiled uh, Madeline Kahn. I was always very, I was not merely pleased with that episode, but I was always proud uh, that we That was Madeline Kahn? Her. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's on it. But uh, hell, what were we talking about? Jack Reacher. Oh, yeah, it's fine. We can, we can uh, move on now. Okay. Wait, who directed oh, oh, What's no, Up Doc? I'm sorry. Not, we're not talking about Jack Reacher. We're talking about uh, The Guilt Trip. And well, uh, who, who directed What's Up Doc? Peter Bogdanovich, Potter, right? Uh, yeah, Bogdanovich. Did we not do a Bogdanovich? No. Okay. Yeah, I guess we did watch that for the Madeline Kahn. Anyway, I, I could have sworn we did an episode on Bogdanovich, and that was why we watched it. But yeah, we didn't, did we? We didn't. We should. Sure, why not? All right. Um, no, we were talking about The Guilt Trip. I got, uh, I got off track. Sorry about that. Well, let's um, get on track. Yeah. To but Zero what, Dark Thirty. Hang on. What oh. I wanted to say is that I'm just, I think she can be a good actress, and I could see this movie being not unlike Albert Brooks's mother. Did you ever see I Mother? I never did. I never did. It's actually, it's pretty good and pretty funny, and I think like Seth Rogen in kind of the Albert Brooks role, and uh, Barbara Streisand in the Debbie Reynolds role, like I could see it working really well. I could also see it being like, you know, total claptrap, but. Yeah. I'm a fan uh, of Debbie Reynolds. Yeah, she's. Uh, you should see Mother. She's wonderful in it. Yeah. Well, you should watch. Uh, she would occasionally show up as um, Grace's mom on Will and Grace. Uh, I thought you didn't like Will and Grace. You no, watched it all, but you I thought it was Will only okay. Oh no, Will and Grace is great. Oh okay. Yeah. I don't know who I'm thinking of then. I don't know um, who you're thinking of. I love Will and Grace. All right. Zero Dark Thirty. Now this one I'm excited about. I'm excited about it. I like. I like. I love the ho- the Hurt Locker. Mm-hmm. The Hot Locker? No, the Hurt Locker. Uh, and I mean, this kind of seems like more of the same. I mean, Catherine Bigelow doing a sort of uh, brawny but brainy uh, military action movie. Let me ask. Oh, you know what? Never mind. I, here's what I was going to ask. Okay, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry, everybody. For this is what I'm about to say fits more with the last episode than this one. So I apologize oh, okay. in advance. Um, if this movie had, was going to be coming out in like October, I'd be like. So you're making a movie about probably one of the biggest achievements of this administration right before an election. But then I remembered that it was that it was December. And that's that's when I get like that's when I get a little paranoid. Uh-huh. But at the same time, it's not unheard of. Uh, Oliver Stone released W right before uh, uh, in 2008. Yeah. And um, then Michael Moore, Michael Moore released Fahrenheit yeah. 11. So it's not an unheard of thing. Uh, but uh, but I when I first heard it, I was like, that sounds like a really good story, but it's interesting that it's this year, but it's after the election. So I, cynicism gone. Now I'm just Plus, excited. I kind of, I, um, Catherine and, Bigelow doesn't seem like that kind of, if it were her ex-husband, James Cameron, oh, there's no question. there would be some preachiness in it. Yeah. Uh, um, but I, Catherine Bigelow doesn't seem like that kind of directive to me. Yeah. And the fact that the Hurt Locker was totally nonpartisan, it just took the point of view of the soldiers uh, yeah, I'm very excited about that. I'm excited about Zero Dark Thirty. Although, like, I was under the impression a lot of that information was classified. Oh, that's a big... Uh, it's a big to-do? Yes. There's, okay. There are inquiries afoot. Okay. All right. Uh, Django Unchained. I don't know I mean, what to say about it other than I want to see it. I'm looking forward to it. Oh, uh, so you're not as excited as I am? 
I think I, I guess I guess I go by the um, the Hollywood rule of you're only as good as your last film. And uh, fair enough. Glorious Bastards was. It does seem amazing. more like that than Kill Bill or yeah. uh, uh, Death Proof. Um, and as I've said before, like it, it almost seems like he just felt like he needed to get that out of out of his system. And then go back to making movies that are definitely like throwbacks to movie making, but but seem to take their material a little bit more seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kill Bill still takes the main character seriously and the and the central relationship between her and Bill. But by and large, I think the movies are pretty disposable. Um, whereas I feel like Django Unchained, well, with that cast and the premise, I'm I'm actually I'm optimistic about it. Are you optimistic about This Is Forty? Yes. Yeah, I still I still never saw funny people, but um, I like Knocked Up a mm-hmm. lot. And it's the characters from Knocked Up, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, and I also like the forty year old boy, forty year old boy, forty year old virgin quite a bit. Um, if you like forty year old boy, it sounds to me like you should donate because you could win a season of the season of your choice. Um, yeah, I should, I should do that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, um, uh, this is forty. Is uh, yeah, yeah. I like that it's a continuation of these characters. Or revisiting, yeah, and it's and frankly, it's it's the. I like anything that visits adult ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, these Although are there will be plenty of sophomoric humor. There's no question about that, but like even just the title and the fact that they chose to focus on these characters instead of Seth Rogen and Catherine Heigl, like, and there was already plenty in. I mean, some of my favorite stuff in Knocked Up is is yeah. it has to do with their marriage and yes. trying to find trying to keep it interesting and trying to r- maintain your individuality while also trying to be self-sacrificing for the other person like and this movie's probably going to be more of that and the idea of like you know when you hit 40 I mean I I didn't have a breakdown when I hit 30 or anything but I was just like oh wow I'm 30 and I'll imagine like you know when I hit 40 I feel like that'll probably be a big deal at that point you are you're middle-aged uh, people say that you're 50 when you're middle-aged, but you don't live to be 100. Yeah, that's optimistic. Yeah. So you're 40 and you're middle-aged. And uh, and so I'm I'm interested. I, I like that they're exploring that uh, that idea. Moving on. Sorry. No. Um, so, yeah, something we're both interested in to something I'm not interested in, which is On the Road. Yeah. I don't know. Walter Sayes has made some good movies, but I didn't care for the Motorcycle Diaries. Okay. Uh, did you? I see didn't that? see it. Okay. And uh, because I felt like it was um, just a little too blindly uh, pro-Che. Not a little. Way too like pro-Che Guevara. Yeah. And um, I think, I don't know if it's just me, I think I am of a generation for whom Jack Kerouac is not as resonant as... Yeah, I, I mean, I certainly know people my age and knew people in high school, definitely. Yeah, who liked the Jack Kerouac thing? I don't, I don't get it. I don't get the whole beat thing in general. What it seems I've, like the, the bunch of layabouts. It's. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well done. Um, <laughs> but that is kind of how I feel about it. Like, but the I think uh, you know, have some goals. Would you say this is an apt comparison that? What I what I've read of Kerouac and just what I know of him and the influence that he had, everything about he seems about as as uh, vital and necessary as Easy Rider. Mm-hmm. 
and not merely because it's like a you know he's on the road and it's a, and that's kind of a road mm-hmm. movie. Not merely that, but also like embracing this spirit of rebellion that is not around anymore. Right. And and I guess you can try to like adapt this amazing novel and good for you, but ultimately like it's not going to ha- like you said it's not going to have the resonance that it did at yeah. the time. I like that it has Sam Riley in it though from uh, Control. Yeah. Uh, I really, I really liked Control. <laughs> that was an awesome movie. You saw it, right? Uh, yes. The Joy Division movie. Yes. Yeah. I wish I knew more about Joy Division as a band. Huh. But yeah, I thought it was a really good movie. Although I did recently see Twenty uh, Four Hour Party People for the first time. It's great, right? Uh, I liked it a lot. I'm not sure if I'd say it was great, but I liked it a lot. Uh, I speaking of Che Guevara, uh, uh, what's his name? Steve Coogan's line about. Uh, Ian from Joy Division dying and saying this is the musical equivalent of J- Che Guevara, which I think there's probably certain people who watch that movie and are like, yeah, man. But to <laughs> me, the whole point is that's completely not, that's such nonsense. That doesn't really mean anything at all <laughs> if you think about it. And uh, yeah, I definitely think poking fun at the legacy of Che Guevara second. is something you want to do. Have I seen clips of control? Because I don't remember a lot of it, and I may I thought like because uh, it's like what we were talking about. Like I don't always have memories of things. Uh huh. I've seen scenes like like scenes of him singing and stuff. But now that I think about it, I don't know if I've seen oh, the whole you, movie well, of you control. Check it out; it's really good. And where did I see the scenes? I don't know. What, I don't know what you were doing. Did I walk through? As somebody else was watching it. I don't know. I don't get it. That's very strange, and that doesn't happen to me very often. I think I'm. Hang on. We've been talking for three hours. I yeah, think my mind's a little thing. rusty at the moment. Um, Hyde Park on Hudson. I keep uh, wanting to say Hyde Park on the Hudson, but it's just Hyde Park on Hudson. That's what I typed uh, when I typed it out here. And uh, yeah, that's what it should be. And that's going to bother me for the, re- for the rest of my life. Um, yeah. Who directed that? Roger uh, Michelle or Mitchell, who yeah. did Enduring Love, which is an amazing. And Changing movie. Lanes. And he did Changing Lanes. Yeah. So, Okay. I'm intrigued by this movie, and I know we've said the word intrigue a lot, but, like, I'm not as excited about it as my friends are. Yeah, I think I'm kind of with you. Did you, I, see the, did you see the trailer? No. Okay. The trailer makes it look kind of like this this goofy, not goofy, but just kind of this pleasant and kind of co- and lightly comedic uh, movie, and while I'm sure Bill Murray's turning in interesting work... By and large, I get a really strong My Week with Marilyn vibe. A movie that is Ooh. that's interesting for a couple of performances, but is mostly forgettable. Um, and I will say this: that like if if Daniel Day Lewis does not win the Oscar for Best Actor, it will probably be Bill Murray. I think this is like his second his second opportunity to win, and I feel like after after Lost in Translation, oh Lost in Translation, because he wasn't nominated for Rushmore, and people thought he was going to be, but and he I guess wasn't nominated for broken flowers no. or ed wood no well he wasn't in it in ed wood very much yeah uh-huh. that, was, that was martin landau's movie yeah but um in johnny depp johnny i'm sure depp there were lots of really good, good performances i tend to i tend to i don't know i forget the oscars i i don't even know when won the oscar last year was it avatar <laughs> <laughs> i think these kids are all right but um the wait what did it wasn't the king's speech that was 2010 what did win last year the artist the artist yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, um, but Hyde Park on Hudson. It could be. It could be very good. Uh, it it mostly looks like just a, a really good performance. And I'll you know I've seen movies for performances again. But uh, I was burned by Get Low. 
mm-hmm. by having it be a good movie that I really expected to be great. And when I see Hyde Park on Hudson, it's just like I'll hold, I'll hold out. I'll probably see it, but yeah. I'll, I'll hold out uh, because if it winds up getting like straight C's across the board or, or like B minuses, yeah. it's like I could wait for pro- I could probably wait for video. Laura Linney, though. I know. That's pro, what I'm saying. I am pro Laura Linney. Have I you am, seen the new Amy Mann video? No. Oh, you should see it. Laura Linney's in it. It's pretty cool. Um, that's it, really. Except okay. I'm interested in the West of Memphis documentary about the uh, the West Memphis Three. You know, okay. even though there's obviously the three part Paradise Lost documentaries, but this is another documentary on the same subject, produced by Peter Jackson. Where does he find the time? Mm. Uh, but it is just one. Oh, good. All right. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, but that's uh, that's about it for the fall. So yeah, a lot of stuff we're looking forward to. You know, yeah. the master, maybe flight. Uh, yeah, like right now, as you and I were talking about, right now, this is not that great of a movie year, I think. But it could, by the end of the year, could it be, could be great. It's got potential. David yeah. Russell, Tom Hooper. Yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson. The RZA. Lots of, <laughs> lot of, lot of big directors. <sighs> Do you have to undercut everything I say? I'm trying <laughs> yeah, to sum up and say, and so that we oh, can end sorry. the episode. I'm sorry. Go on. Oh, no, I'm, I'm no, done. No, no, that's fine. You want to say something? I've named all the directors. <laughs> you named them all. Yep. They're all there. Um, okay, so, uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll uh, wrap this up, and we will remind everyone, though we've been doing it throughout the, uh, the whole episode, about the donation drive. It will be running for the next four weeks. Uh, we will go into more detail about the specific prize packages next week, um, but as it is right now, Please donate uh, either $5 or more in the one-time donation or $2 a month. There are other options, by the way. There's like 4 6 10 So it goes up there. So if you want to subscribe for more than just the $2 a month, uh, you, can, you can do that. We but, would love it, yeah. But we would love that, yeah. And so, but the minimum is the $2 a month, and that'll get you entered in. And like I said, the first 25 will receive a Battleship Pretension button. And if you donate $100 or more or a $16 a month donation, then you are in the running to hang out with us and a guest of your choice as yeah. we record an episode. One of your top five guests, not any, not anybody. Yeah. Yeah. We have to be able to get them. Right. We can't keep everybody on retainer. Indeed. So, all right, David, uh, f- finished. Oh, the- right. Um, the, I feel like I just did it. Um, you can find us at battleshippretension.com uh, where there's reviews and links to the episodes and links to other podcasts that are members of the fleet. Um, and you can also listen to certain reviews read by um, the golden-voiced West Anthony. Um, you can email us, david at battleshippretension.com or tyler at battleshippretension.com. You can follow me on Twitter at The Pretension. Follow Tyler on Twitter at More Lessons, which is the official Twitter of his other podcast, More Than One Lesson, which you can find at morethanonelesson.com or in iTunes. And you can find my other podcast, the weekly television wrap-up show, Previously On. That's at previouslyonshow.com. Got it. I got control from Netflix. This was killing me. Okay. Because I was like, I've seen some of it. Okay. Right? I got it on uh, Netflix, and then I, and after a certain point, the disc uh, did not work, oh. and so I sent it back, but even though I liked what I was seeing, they, I just moved on in my queue. Oh. I know. That's a, that's, that's a sin that I don't like to commit. Yeah, but, you, should, uh, you should watch it. It's a really good movie. I liked what I saw, and, and I haven't seen... What else has Sam Riley been in, aside from you know this? Like... I feel like there was something else like right after that, but I can't remember now. I remember, re- like, 
we uh, we talked last episode about like characters that are like whiny and moody and uh-huh. all that kind of thing, and uh, and that's a character that is like that. Who Ian? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, but he's but it, but it's not there. But he's not like totally closed off from the audience. Like I feel like we can relate to him a little bit. But that's based. I don't know. Ba- that's based on like the first probably half hour of the film. Yeah, but I feel like his pain is real and more palpable and less there's less of that exhibition thing that okay, i was talking yeah. about in the last episode yeah all right so yeah uh, everyone should check yeah. out control is that on uh because now i don't have the disc i don't option. know if it's I, I i can't answer all your questions go Damn. to can, uh, can i stream it um is that a thing that's yeah. a real thing can i stream dot it and you just type in the movie and it'll show you netflix amazon hulu voodoo uh whether or not you can rent it from itunes like that's great. One place, yeah. That's great. Yes. Good for them. I use it all the time. All right. Um, so uh, thank you all for, for listening. The there. Yeah. So, yes. Okay, sorry. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.